Hello and welcome to the Love Advice segment. Uh, I'm Kim. I am a queer matchmaker helping the LGBTQ plus people of London find each other for friendship, connection, romance, love, community, whatever you're looking for. Um, and today I am answering the questions that were submitted to me on Lex. Now, Lex is a queer social app. Um, it's kind of like the personal section of a newspaper. Um, so it's all text. Uh, you can have a profile picture, but you have to go onto somebody's profile to see their picture. Um, and it basically just looks like a feed of people um, posting, oh, I want to go to this exhibition. Does anyone want to go with me? Or um, I'm, I live in northeast London and I want to try foraging. Does anybody do that? <laughs> um, and then also some very thirsty posts at like two in the morning. Um, and I really like it, actually. I think it's one of the only apps for finding connection that isn't photo first and that requires you to kind of like make an active step or an active request in order to be seen on the app so nobody can really see your profile unless you post asking like oh does anyone want to go to this with me or is anyone going to this because I don't want to go by myself um, and I really like that because I think so much of app dating and online dating can be so passive like you just kind of like put yourself on the app and you're just like uh, here I am interact with me and then it, it ends up being a space where it's just kind of like about moments of validation and moments of dopamine <laughs> and um, not actually real connection. Like it's more something that people do for to, to when they're bored to entertain themselves, whereas Lex is really you go onto the app in order to make a connection. Um, and obviously I'm very for that. I'm all about connection. So I went on to Lex and I asked, does anyone have any woes within their love life, within friendships, um, within dating that I could answer? And quite a lot of you asked me some questions. So I'm going to answer just a few of them today um, because I have made some notes and I went a little bit deep on a few of them. So I'm just going to do a few this time and I'll do a few next time. Um, if you are watching on Patreon, hello, you'll know that I'm I'm doing a very Where's Wally kind of outfit right now. Um, and I have some frames up on the wall which weren't there before. And there's my painting of George Michael that I'm very proud of right in the middle. Um, yeah, I just feel the need to mention that. And I also will be submitting submitting oh my god as if it's going to get graded i will be uploading a um extra podcast about crushes and having a crush and that whole sort of drama um i'll be uploading that just on patreon because i recorded it and then got too nervous to share it with everyone <laughs> so if you want to see that and watch that and listen to that you can Find me on Patreon and donate uh, any amount. Ooh, that's a very loud notification from my computer. Um, yeah, and I'll put all the information for that in the description. I'm going to turn off the sound on my computer. 
yeah okay um so uh i wanted to start off by answering the question that i got from most people um which is something along the lines of oh my god what exactly do you do like what is your work like what does a queer matchmaker do um so i i have explained it on here before but i'm going to explain it again i have three ways three main ways of working um all for kind of like a different price point and a different sort of way of finding connection um so the most basic and the cheapest is an event so i have events four times a month um one of them is at a uh, like cafe bar in Deptford and the activity changes every month so the next one is going to be life drawing um one is a market which i run with Bo. it's called london queer mart you can find us on instagram um one is a coffee morning at a place called corner in new cross and one is a really cute queer farm club at spitalfield city farm where we do some kind of farm related activity or we help out on the farm and then we have a community meal together at the end um so those are really nice ways to come and connect with your community and meet new people for mates and dates um and that's one way that i create space for people to come together and then the next sort of level is um the queer zine dating workshop this is a six week workshop we meet every monday for six weeks and we kind of the sessions are split in half one half is discussion and like led conversations about different parts of dating and relationships um and so we will chat about for example one week we talk about communication communication styles how you like to communicate how it is for you to communicate difficult things and where people might be likely to misunderstand you um and then for the other half of the session we craft about it and you end up kind of with a clearer idea of what you're looking for in dating and how to sort of get that across to other people and how to um make it easier for you to explain yourself to a potential partner so that you can create a sort of deeper connection off the bat rather than you know sort of this superficial intimacy where um it's there's like lots of messaging and meeting up but like nobody's really sharing their real feelings or what they really want it's um it's about creating that deeper lasting connection um and you also have a cute zine which you can keep for personal reflection or some people even take it on dates and show it to their date to kind of like introduce themselves which i think is bold and very cute um and then the last way that you can work with me is in one-on-one sessions um i do one-on-one sessions from this exact room there's a sofa there that's where you would sit um and i do sessions for matchmaking which involves me getting to know you and then getting to know what you're looking for and then suggesting people for you to go on dates with um i do reconnect dating which is kind of just a a way for you to discover what you're looking for have a clearer idea of what you want out of dating and how to kind of work on any areas of tension um and i do 
love advice sessions if you've got like a problem that you really want to talk over with someone I do queer dating 101 so someone who's like new to dating or new to queer dating and wants kind of like to figure out all of their thoughts about it and you know start off with a clear idea of what they want so those are the three ways you can work with me those are the three ways I try and help bring people together and yeah that's that's the whole thing in June I'm doing like a lot more events for pride month so um you can find all of my events on my eventbrite and on my instagram and if you're not a fan of instagram I also have a whatsapp chat where I just announce all of my events um so you don't have to go on instagram or anywhere you just get a monthly um summary of what's coming up so yeah that's that's what I do that's what it's like to be a queer matchmaker and the the thing that I'm doing right now is kind of like the most accessible part the um the podcast is a a way for me to I don't know give some advice general advice for lots of people but also specific advice for the person who's asked the question um for free remotely out into the world so I'm gonna do that now (laughs) So the first, oh, I just moved the camera. The first question um, was, it was asked by someone who wants to remain anonymous and they want the whole situation to remain anonymous. But I thought that a lot of the advice um, could be really useful and like um, is kind of more of a general thought about early dating. So I've kind of removed all the details of the question and now I'm just going to talk to you about um, when you've just started dating someone and it comes to a problem in the other person's life or they're going through a hard time and you don't know them very well and you're not really sure how much you should care about them and how much you should be trying to support them with this problem or how much you should be... um, I don't know, uh, offering them support as somebody who hasn't been in their life for very long. So, if you feel like you might not be caring enough, so if you think, oh, I've been dating this person, we've met up like two or three times, we've been texting, and they've got something going on in their life that is um, troubling them, uh, but I don't really feel drawn to, sorry, there's some sirens, I hope that that's not too distracting. Um, it was distracting enough for me (laughs) so you're you're not feeling super drawn to kind of like I don't know comfort them or offer them advice or offer them emotional support or try and help them work through their thoughts about it because either because maybe you don't feel like you know them well enough to be able to do that or you you don't feel drawn to it basically um I think that this is totally fair enough in early dating there can be like a lot of pressure to be um, super emotionally available and super supportive to people Um, but if it doesn't feel right and the reason it doesn't feel right is because you don't really know them very well yet um, I think that that is completely fair and you can kind of like it can feel very uncertain and stressful and you can also have a lot of negative self-talk, like maybe feeling like you're cold or that you're uncaring or something. But if you've just met someone, it can be really difficult to 
see see them in that way where they could benefit from your support or see yourself as being able to give support to them. Um, if there's uncertainty around this for you, if you feel like you should be caring more than you are, um, move towards that uncertainty. Um, ask yourself questions about the elements of this that make you worried, you know, like, oh, am I being cold? Is it cold of me? Um, am I not offering support because I am, I, I am like being mean or malicious or am I maybe just looking after myself in this situation? Do I feel like I can't be very much of help because I don't know them? Um, and try and get comfortable with the uncertainty of that because every trusting relationship that has emotional support within it um, has to develop at its own pace. And you can't necessarily jump straight into um, sort of earnestly caring about somebody else to the extent of like putting your own wants or needs um, slightly to the side to help them with something in the moment. Um, and throughout the development of a relationship like that, there is uncertainty. There is moments where you're like, oh, do I feel drawn to do this? Or like, is this an appropriate way for me to respond and things like that. So if I think it's important to remember that, to remember that uncertainty is built into dating, it is built into the growth of a, a good relationship. And it is also inherent in relationships that end up ending. So I think, I'm saying I think too much. <laughs> so get comfortable with that uncertainty and be curious about where your feelings are coming from. If you think you might be sort of blocking yourself, you might have maybe some past trauma with other people relying on you that's stopping you from uh, interacting with them as much as you'd actually want to. Um, have a look into that and, and see where those thoughts and feelings might be coming from. But for the most part, I think... Uh, follow your gut and if you don't feel drawn to give emotional support then that's okay you don't have to this is um a relative stranger to you if romance wasn't kind of inbuilt in in the relationship from the start then and it was a friend that you'd only met three times you might not feel even at all guilty for not reaching out to them um so i want to talk about the other side of the coin now is when you find yourself quote unquote caring too much very early in a relationship so the too much part could be like um it feels uh unjustified considering the amount of time you've known each other or the too much part could be um you are kind of like neglecting your own wants and needs in order to provide support to this person even though you have only met a few times so this could be just part of being somebody who is incredibly sensitive or incredibly um, empathetic. Both of those characteristics could be something just inbuilt in you that's just part of the way you are. And they could also be from like past traumas of relationships or friendships or family situations where you have kind of been valued or you've gotten your self-worth from being helpful 
um, or when you needed to be very sensitive to other people's needs in order to kind of like stay safe. So if this is kind of like the, if either of those things sort of ring true for you, um, it might be useful to kind of sit down and journal through why you feel like you need to help that person, why you feel the need to um, give them support, maybe when you're not best positioned to give it or when you don't have space to um, support them within your life without neglecting some of your own needs. Um, I think the the whole thing of getting a lot of self-worth from being helpful and emotionally supportive um, is really tricky to cope with because um, when you're feeling like it comes from a feeling of not being enough on your own like that you as you are just being in existence isn't like enough of a draw for somebody to want to be with you that you'd need to be providing some kind of useful service <laughs> like that you'd need to be um, helping them in some way otherwise um, it wouldn't be enough for them to be interested in you and this can lead to like even if the relationship kind of continues in a healthy way and even if there are some boundaries there um, it can cause a lot of problems because then when you're not able to help you feel unworthy of other people's support and often when you can't help someone it's because you need support so it's a bit of a vicious cycle um, and then with the whole the whole situation of like in the past you have needed to be sensitive to other people's needs in order to keep yourself safe and it's kind of a trauma response that's the type of thing that you would really want to speak about with a therapist or a mental health professional um, to kind of like I suppose be able to create a feeling of safety within a relationship without anticipating someone else's moods and needs um, and like allow yourself and your brain some rest from doing all of that mental gymnastics. Um, I think that another reason why someone might be quote unquote caring too much early in a relationship um, could be wanting to fast forward to the relationship being serious enough for this emotional investment to be warranted so kind of trying to find some false intimacy in a way um i suppose making yourself useful is part of it to the other person but also maybe you you would like the relationship to become more serious and so you're sort of willing to do things that somebody who's been with that person for a long time would do in order to kind of like fast track the relationship and that's that's not very useful to you because then you end up in a situation where you're with someone that doesn't uh, doesn't know you well enough um doesn't know your emotional moments well enough doesn't know the way you are and and the way that you want to react to things um and and you probably are very much involved in their brain and their life because you've been um supporting them but it leaves you kind of like unseen by them um and the intimacy isn't as I mean the intimacy is kind of unwarranted because you haven't been able to reveal yourself you've just been able to create space for them to reveal themselves um 
so that's what I wanted to say about feeling like you're caring too much or being too emotionally invested in somebody else's life after only dating for a few dates um I hope that was useful to the person who asked the question and I hope it was useful to some of the rest of you um it's definitely something that I've struggled with um obviously the caring too much part because I love being helpful and useful and like I love being able to solve other people's problems for them um and it can be so difficult to not do that (laughs) when um it's something you enjoy and something that gives you self-esteem um and kind of approach somebody in a bit more of a genuine way um where you're willing to allow yourself to be seen as yourself rather than the solution to a problem (laughs) because everybody loves the solution to a problem you don't have to try hard to be loved if you're solving a problem um yeah it's funny I don't know how to transition on to another question now I feel like I need like a little sparkly sound oh yeah um somebody messaged me a while ago offering uh, a jingle I would love to have a jingle at the beginning of this podcast I used to have a jingle and then I lost the file um yeah <laughs> so if if that person or anyone else wants to write me a jingle for free because I don't have any money to pay for that right now, um, please do. I would love that. Thank you. <laughs> um, and maybe a little transition noise, like a little sparkly, twinkly one, um, because the next question is coming now. So this person is remaining anonymous, but I'm going to read out a summary of the message that they sent me. So they said, I've been having a rubbish time dating and I don't know why. I'm on several apps and I've chatted and met up with some lovely people over the last few months, but I haven't felt any kind of spark in over a year. The apps are tricky for me to navigate as my schedule is maxed out and it's been seven years since my last relationship, so I'm starting to feel a bit hopeless about it. Um, I think there's a lot of people in this situation Um, maybe you listening maybe you're in this situation and I think that a lot of the the words that were used like rubbish and hopeless really sort of lend themselves to how big this can feel um, when you want to find the connection and you're trying your best and you feel like you're doing everything you can and you can't think of anything else to do (laughs) to, to help you find this connection and Yeah, it can feel really hopeless and scary. Um, And I want to, I think I've I've said almost this exact thing before, but I just want you to realise that it's not because of anything to do with you and you're not the only one going through this and it's not some terrible hidden truth about you that means that you can't find a relationship. Um, It's it's just the, the nature of dating at the moment and a few other things that I want to talk about now so I think the first thing to do when it comes to dating which is really hard especially when you've been trying to meet people for a long time is to remember that you don't need a relationship to make you complete Um, that's kind of like the whole ethos of a whole orange (laughs) Um, you're not a half orange looking for your other half you are a whole orange already Um, and it's difficult to 
it's difficult to believe that sometimes it's difficult to really feel that when you know you want to share experiences and life with someone um to be satisfied to not do that is quite difficult um but when you remember that you don't need it to make you complete that you are already whole um it can make the whole process of dating feel lighter when you are seeking out a connection out of the fear of being a half um it's it's a lot more desperate and you're not able to follow your actual wants and needs because you're not moving towards something you're running away from something you're running away from being alone um so yeah i, I think just in general realizing that it's not necessary for happiness you can want something to change without completely hating your current reality and in fact it is easier to know what you do want and it's easier to find it if you are comfortable in the current situation um yeah because then you aren't operating out of fear um that being said when when we talk about um trying everything you can and <clears throat> going on lots of dates and being on dating apps and meeting lots of people and um you know doing as much as your schedule allows um it's it's kind of like you're saying that the the outcome should be different you're saying like oh if i put in this much effort then i should have a partner after a year or i should be able to find a connection that i want after x amount of time and it's um it's it's a a way of thinking that is quite it's incredibly understandable you feel like you've put in as much effort as you should have um but it's very demanding and i don't mean that in like a nasty way i'm i i think it's um it can make you feel less empowered it can make you feel like you have less control because you are sort of seeing the effort that you've put in and seeing the outcome and saying these are not adding up there is something else at play there is some kind of cosmic oh there is some kind of cosmic influence here that's stopping me from getting what i should have considering how many hours i've put into it um and i think that something that it sounds shitty but some a thought that can be really useful is to think about that the results don't lie um the outcome of your efforts is never like incorrect and it can sound shitty because it it makes it seem like oh you you've done all of this you've met all of these people and you still don't deserve to have a connection um but i'm not talking about deserving or worth because everybody is deserving and everybody is worthy <laughs> there's the ice cream man <laughs> um so i'm not talking about you've done all of this and you don't deserve a relationship i mean if if this is the way you want to find someone you clearly have not done it for long enough in order to find someone um it will happen for you you will find a connection statistically speaking there there is somebody there for you there is many people there for you um and if it hasn't happened yet it's because you haven't been doing that thing for long enough um I think it's 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 very difficult to believe that though
it's very difficult to believe that it's coming, that that a connection is in your future and that it's it's possible. Um, but I think that believing it is really important because it keeps you in the present and it keeps you in reality um, rather than sort of falling into a, into a state of hopelessness. Um, because this this sort of way of thinking, what I see from this message um, of like, I yeah, I've been, I've been on the apps, it's been seven years since my last relationship and I've met some lovely people but I haven't felt a spark in over a year. Um, I think it's good to kind of think about the fact that the results don't lie and then look at the actions that you're expecting to turn into a relationship and see where there are tensions, where there are blocks, where there are things that aren't working. So I think in this situation, the blocks are kind of like, yeah, this lack of belief of like getting into a place of hopelessness, Um, being potentially closed due to fear um due to the fear of connection um i don't know i don't know if this isn't necessarily specific to this person i think these are the the blocks that are possible possibly standing in your way um so that is belief that is being closed to connection due to fear and that is not being able to receive connection so there's that that classic line of like oh I the people that I like don't like me back and then when someone likes me I don't like them back um being close to other people's affection and admiration can be a a, can really get in the way of dating because then it's it just becomes impossible like even if you like someone initially as soon as they show interest you're not interested anymore um so these are areas to think about but I think also um something that stood out to me is that your schedule is maxed out and I understand that life is busy um I am in a very busy period myself but if your schedule is maxed out to the extent where you don't have time to go on dates as much as you would like um and that your lack of free time means that being on dating apps is difficult um there isn't really time and space in your life for someone else um so my advice would be to make some time and space for someone. You can't expect um, the person to come along who is so perfect and amazing that you're willing to change your whole schedule for them because that is um, that is too high of an ask. No one is that amazing, especially right off the bat. Um, so it's kind of like the stakes are a bit too high. If you create one evening a week that is devoted to you know finding connection so that could be going on dates that could be having a date with yourself to find a deeper connection with yourself um to be in a better place for a relationship then not only are you kind of doing a lot of introspection and meeting more people but you're also creating space that a partner would be in um because if your schedule is maxed out and you do meet the perfect person um, they're unlikely to be amazing enough to make you change your whole routine um, or change your work or change all of your hobbies, you know. So um, 
yeah, that's my advice. My advice is to look at the blocks, the things that are blocking you from connecting. And that could be a belief that it could happen. That could be um, a fear of, of connecting. Um, and that could be a fear of receiving um, affection. And then also create some space in your life for a potential relationship. Um, and until the relationship comes along, fill that time with meeting new people and connecting with yourself. Um, and ultimately, that will lead to kind of like a better mindset for being in a relationship, a healthier connection with yourself, and like a, a statistical um, advantage of meeting more people and therefore increasing the chances of meeting the, the person or the people that you will have a deep connection with. Um, yeah, I hope that was helpful. And I'm, I think it got a bit muddled in the middle there, but I think you, you get my drift. So, um, this is the last question I'm going to answer today. Um, somebody asked me, where should I go to meet people? And that is an excellent question to ask me because I have a spreadsheet of all of the queer venues and all of the venues that do queer events. Um, I will put it in the description. Um, but I'm going to give you a few um, top tips from me of where to meet people. So first is all of my events. Um, I know that not everybody lives in Southeast London and um, it is just most of the events are about like 10 minutes from London Bridge. But um, my events are specifically designed to be comfortable and easier places to connect. So there's a lot of things in place to make it easier to meet new people. Um, there's conversation cards with varying topics so that you can, you know, if there's a silent moment in the chat, you can pick one up and start talking about something interesting, more interesting than, oh, what do you do for work, you know? Um, there's always uh, name tags with pronouns as well, so you don't have to remember everyone's name and you don't have to, um, you know, maybe worry about sharing your own pronouns or an appropriate moment to let someone know what your pronouns are. It's just right there. Um, and there are there's always, like, a quiet area that you can go to to take a break and fidget toys and I have a crush box at every event as well um, which is a place where you can ask someone out if you are a little too shy to do it in person so um, yeah and other things like the background noise is always low I always turn down any background music um, and like it's never too dark but n not too bright where it's like ha ah, my god it's daylight but it's like whenever I have an evening event, I'm not turning the lights completely down. I want to keep it a bit more open to connection. Um, so my events, I explained them at the beginning. Check out my Instagram and my Eventbrite to find them all. Um, the LGBTQ plus community center, um, it's in Blackfriars right next to the Tate Modern. This is a great place to meet people. Um, it's a very friendly atmosphere inside and they do lots of events. Um, I've done some events there from yeah, all, all, all kinds of topics and facilitators do events there. So there's definitely something that you'll be interested in. Um, there is an app slash website called Hey Queer London. Um, it's a web app. So just Google Hey Queer London and you'll be able to download it, whatever phone you have. 
and um, I am so happy this exists. I've been dreaming of this existing. It's basically an app that just tells you about every single queer event that's happening in London. Um, You can filter it by area of London and you can look at, they have some featured events and then the events for the day. Um, And you can also look through all of the queer venues as well, all the ones that I don't know about. Other places I recommend meeting people. Um, Queer Gaming at Badger Badger is a lovely place to go and play board games and meet other queer people. They do a social, a queer social every Thursday. And there's Lilies, which is a project by SAS, which is eventually going to be a physical cafe space. But for now, um, she organizes meetups and especially around um, going to see football. Um, then there is Dykes on Mics, which is an amazing queer karaoke night um, celebrating Dykes, Sapphics, Wulla <laughs> um, and every, everyone who supports them. Um, and that, that, that takes place all over London. Um, they arrange it at a different venue each time at the moment. Um, the next one is at the K-Hole in Dalston. And then two other suggestions I have to round it out. Um, there's Reading Slugs, which is the sweetest book club. Um, it, the whole idea is you get all of the books um, for the, the whole year are announced at the beginning of the year. And then depending on how slowly you read or which books you're interested in, you can read the book and then go to whichever meeting corresponds to that book. Um, And that tends to take place in North London. I'm not exactly sure where, but um, if you search reading slugs, you will find it. And finally, I'm gonna plug another one of my events, and that is London Queer Mart, the market that I organize with Bo. Um, We have two markets coming up in June. One is outside the Tate Britain during the Queer and Now Festival. Um, and that is happening on Saturday the 10th of June and that is a great place to come to have a cute wholesome time you don't have to buy anything of course you can just come and browse all of the beautiful art and creations that the community have made and we're also doing a night market on Saturday the 17th of June um, on the little bit of street next to the Royal Vauxhall Tavern so that one's happening in the evening from five o'clock onwards and the markets that we put on always have a really lovely cozy vibe and it's just so nice to I don't know see everyone with their tote bags and also you can chat to the store holders about their art it's a, a very open and and friendly group so those are great places to meet people as well um I think that's all the questions that I'm gonna answer for today because we're already on like 40 minutes um so thank you for listening please send me in your woes your relationship problems anything you need advice on any friendship issues or anything to do with connection and love and community um i am here to support you and i yeah i will speak to you soon bye